everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review with me, Dan, and here's Jared coming around the stretch. Jared, here he comes. Okay. You, he made a car sound. You heard that, guys. Uh, here, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, mm. Dan? <laughs> that was my soul leaving my body. Hey, everybody, what's up? Let's let's talk about independent film. Oh, that's is what, that what we do we here? Do. We don't commentate on NASCAR here? No. I thought you were doing a horse race thing. Oh, horse car? Mm, patent pending? <laughs> Anyways. Dan, we watched The Other Side of Darkness. Yes. Yes, we did. And The Dark Side of the Moon, my friend. It is a film about the other side of darkness. Um, is it, though? We'll get into that. So thank you to whom to, to whom sent this in whom to whom to whom to this was sent by Adam Darling. Yes, I believe wrote the and directed directed, this. the director and writer he sent, yes. sent it to us on Instagram. Yeah. Other Side of Darkness. Um, you can find it on Tubi. It's it's on Tubi TV. Completely free on Tubi. It's fucking rad. And I didn't have that many. Um, I didn't have that many ads. I had like two ads. I had about three ad blocks, and one of them was different commercials for Monopoly Go, and they were the cheesiest, <laughs> stupidest commercials. And I think I probably enjoyed the commercials more than I would playing the game, but I'm, you know, it was, yeah, it, they weren't annoying, is what I'll say. So, so. Other Side of Darkness is about a uh, girl uh, uh, named TJ or Taylor Joe. And she... This is story of a girl. Go ahead. Yeah. She is a um, foster child who is having a rough life, basically. And she receives a Jeep from a mysterious person on her 16th birthday. And she goes on an adventure to find the owner of this Jeep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's a coming of age story of sorts. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about that soon. Can I give my semi-spoilery version of what I think this plot's about? Does it have to do with rogue electricians? I believe this is a story about a, a young girl who's trying to avoid getting molested by her father figures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that too. We'll, we'll, that's, that's fair. We'll get into that. Actually, because uh, that was part of, that was the first thing I wrote down. That's my first note, uh, is that. Uh-huh. Uh, anywho, Dan, let's get into questions. Yes. Spoiler-free. Spoiler-free. Jared... As you like. Was this not one of the, like, highest produced looking films that we've ever received? I don't know about ever received. It's definitely up there. This movie looks slick. It, it is looks like it's crazy. got budget. It, yeah, it looks like it has budget. It really does. It looks like it has so many drone shots, like, really nice looking camera work, really nice looking yep. camera quality. It's crazy. And, like, editing is well done. Yeah. Pacing mm. that we can talk about. <laughs> we'll get into that. But um just it looks like an amazing, amazing film. Like just top tier quality. It's it was it was it took me by surprise. Different sets. They got yeah. a lot of different sets oh, yeah. going on in this movie. The fire effects, which come up a lot in this, I think really pretty good. good. I was like, I this I looks was like fooled. a real fire. No, I had to pause okay. it. I'm like, is that real? Like <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah like did they actually destroy this uh you know uh structure to do this film you're like what the hell so yeah that was pretty neat on terms of pacing dan for me there is a lot of there's almost like a semi-road trip feel to this film mm -hmm. of like we're going on an adventure yeah but that happens so much with these montages that it really pads out the film this film is already two hours long 
Yeah. I don't think it needs it. I think if we cut a lot of that out, maybe keep one or two of them. And because there's just a lot of times where characters are going from point A to point B and it may seem like, okay, we're going through like a forest or having, you know, like this is, this is a cool time. Unless it's like plot, like if there's a plot reason, like with there's a bridge that comes up. I'm like, okay, I understand why we had that scene because it comes up later and there's a thing with it. But other times, I, I don't know. It it just felt like padding, like I said. How do you feel? Can you phrase that in terms of a question? What do you think of <laughs> pacing? What do you think pacing do? I'm just saying it sounds like you're critiquing the film and you're not asking me a damn question. Anyway, okay. So how did uh, I feel about it? You're right. How did I you're feel right. about it? I, I completely agree. There was lulls in this film which could have been aided and abetted yeah and abetted this film to me on the topic of road trippy on the topic of coming of age it just it almost didn't feel like it knew what it wanted to be yeah there's a lot there's too too many different elements that i don't think gel well together in this let's rephrase that because i don't want to poo poo this movie too quickly here's the deal everything that they introduce has so much intrigue in it. Every aspect of this plot is so intriguing, but we only get snippets of it because there's so many ways to, so many trajectories that we could possibly go down. Yeah. So that's what I mean by it doesn't know what it wants to be. There's there's just so much that I am intrigued by and I want to know more of that, and what you're saying, the pacing just kind of gets in the way of that. Like we could have gotten rid of some of the filler and just incorporated some more of the story and things like that. So in the premise, I will read this just first sentence to everybody, just so we kind of have an idea of what's going on in this film. It's just on the IMDb page. So it's a 16 year old girl receives a mysterious birthday gift that leads her and her friends on an adventurous collision course towards a plot to dismantle America's power grid. So it's like, you have this first part. It's like, whoa, me and my friends were on like a a journey of discovery and, and independence and finding where we belong. And, you know, and it's it's like and then suddenly like also fucking terrorist plot and like those two hitting together. It was like, OK, maybe you could make this work. And I just don't feel like this film manages to gel those two ideas in a way that works. Um, cut out some of the the traveling. I don't I don't know. Like I wanted I think early traveling with the kids, the three kids, even when they're in the car, because there's some great, like, sound design is so good in this. Dude. They're doing, they're having conversations in that Jeep or whatever. Dude. And you can hear them perfectly because I guess they filmed the, the sound later on and synced it up. So it synced up really well. It looked great. Awesome. He gets all these camera angles in this vehicle. I'm like, where are you putting the camera? Like, how are you doing this on an indie budget? So I'm like, this, I don't know. Here's my question. It, it was so well are, done. Are you ready for a question? Sure. How did you feel about the score? The score? Okay. I liked the score when it was appropriate. Interesting. I feel like a lot of the times it was giving me like Christopher Nolan kind of like big, oh, this is a huge, oh no, there's danger. And then you look at what's on screen and it's like people pumping gas. Well, okay. Like, what, are, what are you talking about? I can see that argument. I can, but this film is so far my number one contender for best score of the year. Oh, okay. All right. I, I mean, it's very, the music's very well written. I just that's think what, sometimes yeah, that's what, I'm saying. No, I, what I, it's paired with I, isn't making sense. I see sense. what you're saying in terms of like the, the, the pairing of the images and like what, 
you know, mm-hmm. this music scene doesn't necessarily go with the gas scene. Yeah, I, I get that, but I was so enthralled by the composition of this music. No, I agree. Because the, their their final destination is West Virginia. At one point, um, the score does an adaptation of um, "Take Me Home, Country Roads." And like, you know, West Virginia's a lyric in that. And like, that yeah. was fucking rad. It just like it, everything about this music. It was so good. And the music doesn't fucking stop ever. Yep. And that was another thing that I'm like, do I like this? I don't really see it in that many movies, but just, I, I appreciated the music so much. Like it was like, a, like Jared said, well, well, well composed. Whoever um, composed yeah. it. Do you have the uh, music by uh nicholas wimpy nicholas wimpy you are you are a trooper i like composing music is hard and you put a lot of effort into this piece so good he did this in a star wars fan uh series show and that's it so that's pretty cool yeah for basically his first film really good job honestly but yeah so the, the continuous music throughout didn't bother me. I think it's cool to like score your entire film. It, it's a, it's a way to do it. Like, of course you don't have to do it that way. But again, like I said, there are certain times where it, that's not matching up with what is happening on screen. And then because the music is there to like put you in a mood to make you feel a certain way. And if it's the, if the mood is like fear and anxiety and what I'm seeing on screen is like either mundane or happy or, you know, it's like, I don't know what, to feel anymore i'm confused another question for you dan is where the camera was pointed because we both agreed that the camera work was very professionally done uh did it stand out to you at all in terms of like other independent films or or different shots that you've seen in other movies some yes there okay it, it wasn't every single shot but there were some that were like very impressive like all the drone shots very impressive um the the um we love drone shots don't i we? know <laughs> when, as soon as i saw it i'm like thank you i love this is good this is great killing it there's one where it's like the camera's mounted to the side of the jeep that was really cool mm, um mm-hmm. there was there was one like framing throughout the film is great I don't know. I was I was pleasantly surprised about like by this film. It's it's, it's well, okay. not like anything I've ever seen before. So my framing question, oh, and I want to get back to what you just said okay. too, but it felt like all of the subjects, whenever we were kind of medium or me- like close up on just one person, they were always cutting off their heads sli- just slightly in every shot, oh. and it was very consistent. That didn't like that. That didn't even register to me. It like fit with the film if it was like doing it and then not doing it i think it would have been worse but for me i'd rather see the whole like just give a like an inch or two of headroom there um but you're (laughs) saying that didn't bother you (laughs) i love a good inch or two you know of headroom you know oh Oh, boy max headroom you saying that is news to me i didn't even so you weren't picking up on it i gotcha jared let's let's get right into it we're halfway in um Ah, shit, you're right. I want to talk, uh, again, uh, The Other Side of Darkness, you can find it on Tubi. Yep, we're spoiling it right now. Bing, bang, bong. Spoils. Here we go. I want to talk about the most surprising moment in the film, and I thought it was so well done. Okay, so she has this asshole boss. Like, she works at a mechanic Holy shop. Holy shit. She she works at a mechanic shop, and the, she, her co-worker is a complete dickwad, and he gets her fired. And the boss comes wait, out- wait. Can I can I introduce some of these characters yes, real yes, f- yes. just to, to set the scene? All right. 
So the main character's name is TJ. Yes. And we're introduced to her. She's riding on her bike to work and her friend Hannah is going for a jog and she like scares her on the way, like while she's running. I thought that was a really cute scene and I wish there was more of that. I think we have like one or two, maybe more of those, but that really like helped me get to know Mm -hmm. these two and like start to care about them more. I really wish there was more of that. Also, TJ, uh, who plays TJ? Ah, she does a great job. Yeah, fucking kills it. Fucking kills it in this film. Edge of Darkness. Maggie Callahan. Maggie Callahan. Hell yeah. Yeah. Everybody does a really great job, but TJ, like, she carries the movie. It's it's wonderful. So I'll say I think there are some... There are some high moments, especially towards the climax, where people weren't hitting the emotional weight of what was going on. Like, there were certain times where I'm like, we need to... Like, you guys are in peril. Like, this is the fucking worst moment of your life, especially like the worst thing. It, I mean, we'll get to that too, but like, you gotta like be crying. Like we, we need to see some real fucking crazy shit. And I, I don't, I don't think any of the actors in that moment were hitting yeah, where they needed to go. I agree. I agree. But okay. Anyways. So we have those two characters. We have Patrick, who is the brother of Hannah. And then we'll introduce some of the other characters later, but okay. That, that's kind of the setup. So I think his name's Carl, like the coworker that he he basically finishes the job for her, but doesn't do it correctly. So the customer calls. On purpose. Yeah, the customer calls and is like, yeah, you owe me money because you fucked up my car because she's a mechanic. This and this guy's a cartoon villain. Like, I thought he was going to come back later or something, yeah. but he's just a, just a menace. Anyway, <laughs> he, he, um, he does that. And then Greg, the boss, comes out and he's like. Greg's like you're fired blah 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 and then TJ goes home she's crying and then she's eating dinner with her mom and fucking Greg walks in I'm like what is that the same fucking dude from the from the goddamn is that her boss and he sits down I'm like no it's her fucking dad I'm like the reveal of this foster father is so fucking good and then Jared they double fucking down they Holy double down shit. and make him a pervert and make it imply that he has had some kind of sexual relationship with her before. And she pushes him Not away. Not even like he is a child molesting is, incest. It, no, no, no. Not incest because it's not. Abuser. It's Well, yeah, I guess so. But it's it's, his fa- it's her father's father. But just like the, the, the surprise I had on my face that it was she lives with this asshole. And okay. he is also fucking doubling down and touching her. Like, oh my God, disgusting. So he walks in. We realize that this guy is her dad. I didn't, we didn't know stepdad for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then he comes down and then he hits on her and he's like, hey, uh, maybe we can smooth all this over with your job. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. Not again. With mom right at the table. Mom's right there. So that at this point you're like, oh, this guy's a child molester, pedophile piece of shit. Because she's supposed to be 16 in this. Yeah. So I'm like, this is insane. But then we find out he's a stepdad, but it's still awful. It's still fucking terrible. Then later on, they do this scene again with her real dad. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. What the fuck? It's effective. A-effective. Like, not effective, but affective. Like, it it makes you cringe, and it's like, what the fuck? And like... It, I don't know about doing it twice. Like, I don't get why we had to literally copy paste the same man true, in another man and true. just be like, uh, it's strange. I, the, the, the second time around didn't get me as much. That is for sure. But I have other qualms with, with daddy beside his. I have other qualms with daddy. 
Oh yeah, what what are they, Chief? The fact that he's part of a rogue electrician terrorist organization. <laughs> that... What? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Who Raymond? Everyone's favorite. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Oh my That's God. the name of the dad, by the way, that we'll meet later on. Oh. So okay, when we when I was first watching the stepdad scene in the kitchen with it, my wife was still sleeping. The first fucking ten minutes of the movie, by the way. First. First goddamn 10 minutes of this fucking movie. I'm watching this. The dad walks in. Between you figuring out that the boss is her dad and the molesting is like three <laughs> nanoseconds. I don't even know. It felt like it was all one combined scene. It's nuts. When he puts his hand on her knee, I screamed, what the fuck? <laughs> like really loud. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to wake up my wife. She's still sleeping. I can't believe I audibly yelled. Um, that's what I so liked about it. I think it. that's pretty amazing. That's what I liked that about it. It that. made me feel like, oh, it was, it was awesome. Yes. Now, I feel like the film could have, it, it was almost like, hey, I have this really great card I'm going to play to shock you. And then it's like, well, what do we do with this other character? Like, I don't know. Do it again. So <laughs> I, you know, that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, no, we think of something else. We can hit another emotional. <laughs> I'm going to put my father figure in defense mode. And and then <laughs> you've activated my father card. <laughs> father trap card? Yeah, holy shit. Fucking Pegasus has gotten brutal. This guy is ruthless. Yu-Gi-Oh is not a child's game anymore. It's disturbing. Oh, nerds. Nerds love that. Dan, was there any other scenes that you wanted to talk about oh, yes. before I get to my weird oh, list? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, let's see here. Jared has tinnitus. There's one of my notes. <laughs> yep, uh, that's in my list of things I wanted to talk about. There is a scene where Hannah is going on her road trip with, cause, so she escapes her stepdad and she gets a letter basically saying, hey, here's the keys to a garage, a storage garage with a vehicle in it. Um, come and see me. I live in West Virginia. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go on a big road trip adventure and go with, with, with my two friends. So what's up? Here's my beef with the film. And um, like besides the pacing, we've already talked about that. 56 minutes in, I, I looked at it and I'm like, 56 minutes in, what does this film, what does this narrative so far have anything to do with the introduction to this film? Because the introduction to this mm -hmm. film has this voiceover narration about how much we depend on our electricity and how much our world revolves around it. And you don't fucking mm -hmm. get any clue about that until the terrorist plot comes in towards the end. So if by an hour in, I don't make the connection between you know that weird kind of floating piece at the beginning of the film, yeah to the actual narrative, there's a disconnect there. And that's kind of like, I, it had me questioning and it took me out of the film. I agree. Cause there's that foreboding of, is this a post-apocalyptic type scenario? That yeah. The film's going to be. I, and I kept waiting and on that not. to happen. I kept waiting on that to happen. Yeah. And then so you have this expectation that they're going to have to live without power because that's what the narrator basically was like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And the same thing, know. the same thing happened again, where I fucking turned into Brad Pitt in seven because like fucking Hannah, she like finds a fucking box and you, she opens it and she's like, <gasps> and then she goes away and you don't fucking what's in the box. You don't know until like the cock 20 minutes, 20 minutes away <laughs> is disrespectful. Okay. I'm saying this as a joke. I'm, I'm kidding around, but <laughs> And then, 
And then when you finally know what's in the box, you don't it was even like, know what's it in was the guns. Box. Yeah. No, well, it was guns and explosives. Well, and but stuff, they're not but even they... there. And you're like, who has them now? And it's like, well, Joe or Jack knows nothing about it. Oh, Jack is the grandpa, by the way. Let's start to talk about that. We Okay. <laughs> no, you go. So we have the three kids, uh, TJ, Hannah, Patrick. They go on their road trip to West Virginia. There's a sign out in front of this guy's house that's supposed this is supposed to be TJ's grandfather that says like trespassers will be shot on site. And you're like, okay. So they go there, they knock on the door, he comes out, he's got a gun, he points the gun right at them, and he's like, Oh, wait, you're my granddaughter. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like you sent her a message to come visit you. Why are you so like okay. confused so, when you have so visitors that are young there's kids? There's that confusion. But then my confusion was how the fuck did she know how to get there if all the phones didn't work? Oh, I guess. She, hmm, I think she found something in the glove box that like. Had yeah, the, the address. address. How I, did she get there if she didn't, if the phones didn't work? Because even Patrick's like. Uh, he, Patrick's like talking to grandpa and he's like, how did you get around? He's like, it's called a map, dumbass. And he's like, what do you use? And he's like, I use Google. And he's like, a lot of good that does you now. So like, yeah, they right. didn't have Google the entire time. So how did they get to okay. grandpa's house? Over the river and through the woods, you know? This is a good point. I, I think at least this kind of hole wasn't, didn't bother me okay, enough or I at least wasn't thinking about it. Do, was this bothering you during the film or were you just kind of like, eh, okay. Oh, I was just like, eh, okay. I'm like, how did they get there? Oh, well, we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So then we meet, we meet Jack and we're started, we're kind of like learning the way he lives, right? Which is a little bit off the grid, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he chops wood. He's a country bumpkin. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a, he's a country bumpkin kind of guy. And they're hanging out. It's kind of good times, I guess. There's some stuff going on there. Uh, but then Hannah's like, I need to go. It, I don't like what they did with Hannah because she starts off as such like a strong, mm, interesting I character. Agree. Yeah. And then she becomes a bumbling idiot mm-hmm. who's like freaked out and mad at her friend. And I'm like, you agreed to go on this road trip with her. You know what she's been through. I don't know. It, it felt like. She had like a light bulb switch in her head or something. I don't, I, I don't, it was, it was annoying to me what they did to her. Well, it was like, it was the Pat Patrick started out like a bumbling idiot. And then he became a love interest and had more, yeah, more, more lines and, um, in, intrigue, I guess. Narrative. He, he became more suave too. You're yeah. right. He kind of was like, Oh, yes. Oh, I only came here to protect my little sister. Oh, isn't that pretty hot? And then, you know, just like impress the other girl <laughs> so they can get, they can do kisses while the power plant explodes in front of them. That was a cool scene. Yeah. So we have this Hannah stumbling around. She finds she, okay. There's a scene where they have to cut through the woods yeah. and she's afraid of heights. And they have to cross this bridge and the bridge is maybe only four feet off the ground. And she's really, really freaking out. And when you look down, the water is maybe about four inches deep <laughs> and it looks four inches deep, but she, she it's not because she does fall in it and she like can't swim in it. But when she falls in it, they just I mean, this is for budgetary reasons. I understand this, but they cut to a different section of the river that's deeper. Oh, OK, I see what you're saying. because yeah. where they were is where the bridge was so they can do the bridge scene. It was just a little distracting to me. I, I mean, with a higher budget, they could have figured it out, like fixed it a bit. But I understand you're working within your limitations of what you can do. But then, okay, she's afraid of it. She needed a lot of help to get across this bridge. Why would she ever go back to the bridge and cross it again by herself? Because she's only doing it to get a phone signal. But I would think she would be too afraid to do this. She does that. 
falls. Her brother has to save her. And then later on, I think she finds. Oh, and then, and then she like goes under another, like a, a stone TJ bridge. Saves that's her. like a dark cave. TJ saves her. Is it TJ? Cause oh, brother's okay. pervin on TJ. Cause TJ takes oh, her shirt off. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's true. But anyway, she finds the box. We never really get to find out exactly what's in it, but she comes back a second time with TJ. She's like, here, look, I'm not crazy. There's a, a secret box with weapons in it. And then you go to the box. There's nothing in it except for like a crumpled up piece of paper. And then they're like, wait a minute. This isn't any ordinary piece of paper. And then they cut away and they don't show you what's on the fucking piece of paper. I'm like, did you just do this to me twice? The same gag? And then when you finally get to read what's on it, you can't fucking read a goddamn thing. I had to pause the screen. I'm like, what does this even say? And they're like, they're like, Jack, why is your name on this piece of paper? And he's like, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Because now they're accusing him of being a terrorist. We have to, Jared, talk about when this, film, to, when this film turns into an espionage thriller. And they have to <laughs> have to save the world from the electrician. All right, let's hear it, Dan. Let's hear it. Let, run us through this entire so Raymond, final stretch Raymond of the film. Raymond has a boss named dick or richard and um richard's this like big burly guy with a beard and he's the leader of this quadrant of the terrorist organization and he looks like what you're gonna look like in 10 years yes basically no i'm not gonna lose my hair what are you talking about (laughs) anyway he he, um they they are going to blow up this power straight station and they're going to use c4 to do it and Mm-hmm. Oh, before before we get there, oh man, we don't have. Before we get there, they they're trapped we in a need burning at least building. Two hours. <laughs> we need two hours to cover every single scene of this movie. They're trapped in a burning building, and they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And then they're like, "Oh, this this map is covering a window." <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this an industrial strength map? How is this map blocking out the light so well? Because they removed this thing and it's like high beams out there. I'm like, god damn, that was a. I mean, it was, they did it well. Is what okay. I'm trying to say. So but like, Jesus they, Christ. They escape the room and they go try to stop the um the the people from blowing it up. Anyway, they sneak around. And then they snip the blasting caps off of all the C4 and they steal them all. Mm -hmm. But they get caught and they have to give the blasting caps back because they're, you know, held at gunpoint and understandable. Yep. Right. And then Hannah and Jack show up and pistol whip the big guy, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of like back and forth of like, I have the gun. Now you have the gun. We've beaten you, but now we've got you. So yeah, there's a little back and forth on that. It ends up just long story short that um, Raymond is now in charge. And there's a heart to heart with daughter and daddy and Raymond's like, no, I'm going to ignore you because they have them tied up next to some C4 and they're going to blow up the C4 with them around. Okay. Just very quickly. Yes. She pleads with her father to be like, listen, you can change. You don't have to do this. I just want us to be a family. I want to find out exactly what she says. She says, uh, please don't abandon me again. And then I'm thinking like, your dad, earlier in the film, while you were at Jack's house, because the dad is living there, but nobody knows. TJ doesn't realize that this is her dad until the end of the film, which I feel like I you figure out pretty fast. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's yeah. this alcoholic that lives with Jack is the dad. 
The dad knows that TJ is his daughter. He knows this. Hasn't told her yet. And he tries to molest her at the house. Like, literally tries to molest her at the house. And then she says this shit, like, please don't abandon me again. Like, let's be... Like, maybe if she was, like, trying to distract him or trick him while they did something with the bomb or tried to fuck him over. But it felt, like, genuine. And that's what I had... It felt gross to me i didn't like it well speaking of distracting them right um they're they're strapped to c4 okay uh-huh and jack's like all right or not jack um raymond's like driving away and he's gonna blow them up and s- somehow they must have got distracted because the c4 that was going to blow them up that we know is going to blow them up because there is no other clue as to where the c4 is besides right there the c4 ends up in the van and blows them up how how jared i don't understand i how? watched that scene twice <laughs> i i rewound it and i'm like i missed something i missed something watched it all again couldn't fucking tell you the only thing i can think of is that raymond really did have a change of heart and he set the frequency on the radio to a different frequency to blow himself up because there was also c4 because like they had c4 in the truck to bring it to other places right Okay, that that's acceptable. I'll I'll take that. Why would he want to? I guess he maybe thought like, because he says earlier, if I don't do this, they are going to kill me. Meaning this secret organization that's done this, you know, the big terrorist group that's trying to destroy all the, the power stations. I wish there was something more fun where we were in on the switcheroo or at least a hint as to when the switcheroo happened. Regardless of whether we're in on it or not, what you just explained to me that that gets some brownie points and now i can see where that makes sense and yeah i'm going to give it the, the benefit of the doubt and make that make sense so good i'm on still it. a little confused though I, I like i said i had to go back and like yeah. study the footage and really listen to figure oh, out what was going jared on jared fucking zapruder in this fucking film all that aside all that aside i had a lot of fun with this movie i think maybe for maybe for reasons director doesn't want i found this movie to be hilarious um, I, I quite enjoyed I quite enjoyed myself watching this film. Final thoughts, though, if you go into it blind like I did and you have to say, where the fuck is this movie going multiple times? That might be a pacing issue. That might be like, you know, the whole we have our fingers in so many pies. Yep. Yep. A lot of fingering going on. Yeah. Pie fingering. Some might say too much. I mean, I can't believe I would ever say this, that, that you can do too much fingering, but <laughs> pie fingering, I did. Jared. I just did. Final thoughts for me. If you can turn your brain off and just be like some wild shit's going to happen, right? You can go along for the ride and find stuff like you're saying, like there are enjoyable things because there's some really fun performances yeah. and there's some over the top, just some fucking over the top shit in this. That's wild. Like the stuff we listen, there's more of that. There's a lot, there's stuff all in this. That's just kind of, it's going to, it's going to gut punch you <laughs> and you're like, all right. <laughs> I think you can find enjoyment with this movie. Yeah. I think it's a solid first effort. There's definitely refinements that could be made. They they have so much of it down. Like, I mean, all this camera work and everything else. Well, like, yeah, they no, got, like, they got it, that. it looks polished. Like, it's not... And the narrative is there. It, it's not like it's a bad movie. It's just there's just so much going on that it, it may lose focus, I think, is a good way of you saying it. You gotta focus the laser beam. Oh, you got to focus that laser beam on the diamond. All right. That's what daddy likes to see. Me saying daddy made me feel uncomfortable because of everything that happened in this film. Guys, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmDaddy. No, I'm, um, 
Guys, you can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. You can find us on threads at Indie Film Review Pod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. This is the extended overtime episode of this uh, show. I'm still willing to do a scene by scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> bonus Patreon episode with Dan where we go through and talk about every scene. Uh, I would absolutely love to do that. Uh, Dan, you have the final word. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, uh. What were you going to say? I thought you had something. Oh, there's a pocket knife interesting ceremony in this film. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I love that scene! It was so strange! This pocket knife was given to me from my own ass. <laughs> All right.